Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're told not to forsake gathering ourselves together. It's been very difficult for over a year now, Uh, but things are opening up now, and I'm looking forward to being in the presence of God with God's people worshiping Him. It's different when we come together in the name of God's Son and our Savior Jesus Christ because the Scripture is very clear when two of you gather together in my name there am I in the midst of them not sitting high in his heaven but right in the room with us. <laughs> you know, if something is, is obvious and people are looking over it, uh, there's a term that's used, a modern term that's used. You don't see the elephant in the room. It's so big, and yet you, you're you blind to it. Well, I don't want to relate God to the elephant in the room, but I'm going to tell you, I believe there are a, a number of Christians who do not understand. We have, we have all we've been exposed to in many circles is ritual and routine, and we haven't really understood and appreciated what it really means to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's what we're pursuing right now, that we might understand our God and where he is in relation to us, particularly when we gather to worship him. Amen. And I just, I'm looking forward to continuing this Bible study on the subject of worshiping God with understanding. Praise God. If you have your Bible, our springboard scripture, our foundational scripture is found in Psalm 47 and verse 7. And it simply says, For God is king over all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Sing ye praises with understanding. You know, there's another verse of Scripture that says we're to praise Him and worship Him in the beauty of holiness. It's talking about while perceiving His presence and entering into his presence with a pure heart in worshiping in spirit and in truth. Praise God. You see, to worship God with understanding, dear friends, begins with a spiritual understanding of his greatness. Some call that a lofty view of God. One of the great hymns that that captures that great thought is how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. All that we see of his creation gives us a glimpse of the greatness of our God. And we should stand in awe of him. He is king over all the earth. He is the absolute ruler over heaven and earth. Praise God. And if you want to get really, really technical about this, and uh, Jesus is Lord in three worlds, in heaven and earth and of things beneath the earth. Believe me, there's not a devil or a demon in the netherworld that doesn't know who Jesus is and recognizes his 
absolute authority, not just over them, but over heaven and earth, over angels and demons. Praise God. Amen. Listen, to not only understand His greatness, but the graciousness of God, particularly in the new covenant that allows us as His children to worship with a spiritual understanding of our relationship to Him in the new covenant. Praise God. And our scripture that we're reading for that, and this is where our teaching is coming from, in the new covenant to worship with understanding, Hebrews twelve twenty-two through 24. And we talked about the previous scriptures last time, that you haven't come. When you come to worship God, when you come to, to uh, Christ as your Savior, you haven't come to the mountain which cannot be touched because of God's holy presence. A reminder of of the fact that we serve a God that dwells in unapproachable light. Oh, but dear friend, we have access to His presence because of what Christ has done for us and in our behalf at the cross. It says, but you are come, not to that mountain that reminds us of our unworthiness and His unapproachableness, but you have come not to that mountain, but you have come to Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Listen, we're getting into a spiritual realm here. This is not just going to church, is it? And to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God himself, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh of better things than that of Abel. Oh, friend, my great-grandmother, when someone really had it made, she would say, boy, they sure are sitting pretty. Well, I'm going to tell you something today, Christian. I don't know how you feel. You may feel today lower than a snake in a wagon rut. That's another term from the mountains. (laughs) Amen. But I want you to know something today. You sure are sitting pretty today. In fact, the Bible says that we have been seated with him with Christ in heavenly places. And this is what happens. This is what is going on. This is what we should understand about the spirit realm. Not just this old earthly realm where, where we just, you know, <laughs> someone said, said 12, 12 o'clock is when the church gives up its dead. That, that's got to change because we need to understand that we are worshiping a God who is present with us and we're joining all those who worship Him in heaven right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we talked about worshiping Him in Mount Zion. We've come to Zion. Today we're going to talk about, speaking of Abraham in particular, to the city of the living God. And we see what this is when we talk about Abraham. It said, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. 
One translation of that scripture says, For he was looking for the city which has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. In Hebrews 11.10, we are also citizens of God's city. We often think of heaven and certainly there's a future aspect and hope that we have of living there. But there is a, a sense in which we are citizens of that city right here, right now, right in this moment. If you are a Christian, you are recognized in heaven by God himself as a citizen of the holy city before you get there. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. We, we Though our bodies are not certainly not redeemed yet and changed. And we cannot yet behold our city with new, perfect spiritual eyes like we are going to. We can enjoy it by faith presently. We can enjoy fellowship with the same spiritual neighbors. And that's what he's going to go on to say. You see, friend, the cities that men build will one day crumble away. But the city of God is eternal. Hallelujah. Because we have come to Zion, we have come to the city also of the living God. When do we come to that? The moment we come to Christ, we have access to this spiritual kingdom, this spiritual realm, and that God recognizes us as subjects of his kingdom and very sons of his royal family and daughters. Hallelujah. We, because we've come to Zion, we have also come to the city of the living God. Philippians 3 and verse 20 says it very, very plainly. For our conversation is in heaven. Now, this is not like two people talking to one another. This has to do with, with, uh, with uh, the reality of, of who we are and where we are. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This word conversation in the Greek means commonwealth or literally citizenship. And that's why one translation translates it correctly. Our citizenship is in heaven. Isn't that a great thought today? That while we're living right here on earth, we're aliens here. That's why, that's why the scriptures to new covenant believers said, I beseech you as pilgrims and strangers. You're, you're not, you're not a citizen of this world anymore. Oh, you're living in this world, but you are not a citizen of it. You're in it, but, but you're not of it. And that's exactly and because you're not of it. It should make us want to live diametrically different than the world about us because we are not part of the culture that is continuing to decay and deteriorate as time goes on. In fact, the Bible said evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, you see, progressively as time moves forward. It's, it's, we're in that day we're in a day. It's so decadent. It, it is so absolutely, it's hard to describe. It's hard to find the words to describe what is happening in our culture. My grandfather, my grandmother, my, listen, you don't have to go very far back to know how shocked 
they would be to see the culture as it stands right now, to see what is in the media, what we call entertainment, which is, which is stimulating every kind of sinful desire of the flesh. That, everything is not sin, but, but finding something that is wholesome, finding something you can sit down with your mother and your father, your wife, your husband, your children, and, and watch. And, and, and not have to, not have to, to, to mute the language or fast forward over that particular scene. Oh, friend of mine, we're in a day when I believe that call of God is so strong. Come out from among them. Amen. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. If we don't see ourselves as citizens, of heaven instead of citizens of this earth, we could easily be caught up in the culture that is is pulling us away from God instead of drawing us near to Him. The cities that men build will one day crumble away, but the city of God is eternal. And that's exactly why Abraham looked for a city. He, he, God blessed him with riches. And he could have lived anywhere and lived in opulence. But he, he, sur- he spent his time here. He surgeoned here in tents. Why would he do that? Oh, he had plenty of cattle. He had plenty of food. He had clothes. But he, 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 he didn't desire a city that's going to pass away. Stuff that's going to pass away. He was looking for something beyond. He knew all of this is going to pass away, including himself for a season. Oh, but he looked for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Something, a supernatural, yet very, very real place of habitation where he would live eternally. So he didn't care about trying to establish a temporal home here. That's what Paul was talking about in the New Covenant when he said if this earthly tabernacle were were torn down, he was a tent maker by trade, and the word he used, when I see tabernacle, I see a big church with big columns out front. No, that word is tent in the Greek. A tent maker by trade. If this tent, he called the body, the temporal body that our spirit is inhabiting right now, he called it a temporal, that it, it is a temporal dwelling place. It is a tent. And it's going to deteriorate. It's not eternal yet. It hasn't been redeemed yet. The body itself is redeemed by faith in what's coming. But right now, we live in a fallen world and we live in a faulty body. Oh, friend, he said, but if it was blown down, we have one in the heavenlies. You see that heavenly perspective that is not made with hands where we don't want to be naked. We don't want our spirit to not have a body to indwell, but we want to be clothed with the one that is eternal and not the one that is going to age and weaken. And eventually for a season, it's going to it's going to fail like a tent blown down by a strong wind wind. Oh, friend, how we need this message today so that we can get a spiritual and in particular an eternal perspective when we come together to worship God. Because 
our conversation. Say it with me. Our citizenship. That's the word. Our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, oh. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here today making this broadcast. Let's talk about Jesus. I'm sitting here in my my office and and at home office, and I'm I'm sitting here in my flesh. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Amen. Praise God. But I know that this house I'm in, and this room I'm in, and this this desk and this microphone, and all of this will pass, including my physical body. But my physical body is going to be raised and my spirit rejoined with it to live with God eternally, to come back with Him and rule and reign with Him, (laughs) amen, forever, age without end. But even today, if I drew my last breath while making this broadcast, my spirit will go into a body prepared, a spiritual body. And that's what Paul was talking about. It's like Abraham. It's looking beyond the temporal and seeing the eternal. And that's the perspective that Paul wants us to get and understand so that we can not see ourselves as part of the culture, not try to endear ourselves to it, not not be self-righteous, but recognize that you're not of this world and neither am I. Because heaven, the day you become a Christian, there's a book and it's called the book of life. And names are inscribed in that book when people just like you and me come to Christ by faith. Hallelujah. And in that book... And our name, we used to sing it, didn't we? I've got a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, and it's mine. The angels tell the story, a sinner has come home. <laughs> Hallelujah. A new name written down, that's not cute little words. That's the Word of God. At the great white throne judgment, it's only for those whose names were not written in the book of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, to be saved today, to be recognized as a citizen of that holy city, the New Jerusalem, because we have come to Zion and we have come, therefore, to the city of the living God. And that's why, we, that's why the scriptures tell us that we are pilgrims and strangers here. And we are fellow citizens there though. Not honorary citizens, but an actual citizen of the new Jerusalem. And that's why the Bible said if we're a citizen there, we've also come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Listen, the scripture said in Galatians 4, 26 through 28, But the Jerusalem from above is free. She is our mother. And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of the promise. (laughs) Hallelujah. This description of our state has very similar connotations to the city of the living God. Because the word heavenly here means spiritual. We are describing spiritual relationships. Paul says that physical Jerusalem stands for bondage, but spiritual Jerusalem means freedom. 
Old Jerusalem is where the temple of God once stood. New Jerusalem refers to the church. And you and I as Christians, our bodies in particular, as the temple of God. 1 Corinthians three sixteen seventeen, 17, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. See, once when asked if, if the only acceptable place to worship was Jerusalem, Jesus answered, Not even in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. But the hour is coming. And now, see, new covenant. And now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for such people. <laughs> these redeemed people, these peculiar people, these saved people, these privileged people. Glory be to God. Amen. The Father seeks people like this to be His worshipers. Hallelujah. That's in John 4, verse 21 and 23. Listen. We worship in the heavenly Jerusalem when we worship in spirit and truth. Yes, we're grounded. We're still here on planet Earth. But our worship like incense, amen, comes up into the very throne room of God himself in the heavenly Jerusalem. Glory be to God. We've not only come to the heavenly Jerusalem, we've come to an innumerable company of angels. Literally myriads of angels. In Revelation 11:12, we get a glimpse of this. Revelation 11 and Revelation 5, I'm sorry, Revelation 5, 11 and 12 says, And I heard the voice of many angels round the throne. Myriads of myriads. Amen. Innumerable. <laughs> Hallelujah. Saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Hallelujah. You see, what is when we worship in spirit and in truth, our worship blends with the angels worshiping God and Christ in the very presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. As we approach God's throne and praise Him with our voices, we need to recognize that we're joining with angels who are doing likewise. God's creatures, celestial and earthly, joining together in spiritual realms at the throne of God. Listen, that's different. That's different than... I, I don't mean to be critical. I don't. I don't mean to to be mean. But somehow or another, they, they we get into rituals, don't we? We fall into routines, and 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 we we just we just go through the motions without understanding what is supposed to be occurring, who we are in the kingdom of God, and what the kingdom of God allows for you. And I, as children of the Most High God, who are able to call this King over all the earth, our Heavenly Father, and to, and to be joint seated, seated with Christ means to be given joint seating in heavenly places. Glory be to God in spiritual realms. 
friend of mine, our true worship on earth as as incense blends with the worshipers in heaven and God is no less present because we cannot see Him. He inhabits the praises of His people. That word inhabits literally in the Hebrew means He is enthroned. And we don't understand that as much where we have a president instead of a, instead of a monarch and, or instead of a, 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 one of the rulers of the, of the Eastern cultures. Many times they would actually, when he would move somewhere, they would put his throne. Uh, just like they carried the ark in the old covenant, they would carry the throne with the monarch. And the monarch would sit upon the throne and they would carry him wherever he went. He was enthroned <laughs> because they carried his throne and he sat upon it. And the, and the idea in the Psalms is that he inhabits. It's not that he just shows up. It's that he is placed where he needs to be in reverence with an understanding that he, this God of glory, is here with us when we worship Him. Hallelujah. Where two are gathered together in my, two or more, in my name, there am I, <laughs> enthroned with their praises. Praise God in the midst of them. Hallelujah. And angels are worshiping Him. We are worshiping Him. The four and twenty elders are worshiping Him. And our worship becomes as one sound to Him. Hallelujah. Oh, remember the song we sang, Let it be a sweet, sweet sound to thy ear. Praise God. Amen. God takes our worship seriously and he takes it personally. And he comes where he is honored and feared. And I don't mean dreaded. I mean deeply revered. Hallelujah. He comes to manifest his presence, to accept our praises personally, intimately, and individually. Oh, friend, this can transform a worship service from preliminaries. Preliminaries to what? What is going to be greater? Oh, the Word is going to be brought, and we're going to be taught. Excellent. And He exalted His Word above His name. I get that. Amen. Because His name is only as good as His commitment to keep His Word. I understand the integrity of the Word of God. Ah, but friend, worship is not something we hurry through to get over with without experiencing the presence of God and recognizing that in spirit and truth means we're worshiping Him in spiritual realms and heavenly places with heavenly persons. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And the angels are no more in His presence as far as not proximity. I'm talking about in terms of spiritual spiritual acceptance and spiritual access than we are. So we worship Him with an innumerable 
company. You have come to worship with an innumerable company of angels. That's why when we used to have those Wednesday nights when only a handful showed up, we didn't cut the worship. We didn't, we didn't say, well, you know, there's no need in trying to have a full-blown hallelujah, glory be to God service because we're just a little handful. Well, he said, you know something? I, if there's two of you in my name or more, there am I. There's the angels. There's the, <laughs> there, there's the innumerable. We, we worship with heavenly pla- beings in heavenly places when we worship in spirit and truth. Whether you're in a great cathedral with 10,000 people or an outdoor service down in Africa with 50,000 people or whether it's 50 people in a storefront or five people in a home meeting when we begin to worship in spirit and truth. God shows up, and if we recognize that and praise Him, He's going to show out, manifest His presence, and mighty miracles are going to occur as we worship from our heart, because He's there to manifest Himself and to manifest answers to prayer. The Bible said, where two or more of you gather in my name, there am I in the midst of them, and if two of you these gathering ones with all of this privilege and access, if two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything they ask, it will be given them of my Father which is in heaven. God is going to manifest miracles of deliverance, miracles of salvation, miracles, hallelujah, of the lost coming to Christ and being saved, all of it is supernatural. All of it is God in our midst. All of it is occurring as we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. And He responds. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, our time is gone and I feel the presence of God here in this room today. I, I, we, we, we've got a we, we've got the, we're trying out a dog that we're about to adopt, <laughs> a hyper dog. And I, the Holy Spirit came down in this room and a dog that can't be still for two seconds, let alone two minutes, laid right down and was perfectly still. For if she jumps up and barks now, it's, it, she can't spoil the broadcast, can she? Oh, Maggie, the Holy Spirit, I see, came on you and put you to sleep. <laughs> I never heard of a dog falling out. She didn't fall down, but she stayed down. Oh, friend, I don't know. The joy of the Lord is up inside of me right now to know that God is with us and God is for us. And God recognizes you and me right now as His sons and daughters, His part of His royal family, joint heirs with Jesus, means that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Praise God. Now we are the sons of God. And we've come to Zion. We've come to the city of the living God. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. And we've come to worship with an innumerable company of angels today. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you don't know the Lord today, and you you think getting religion is just going to church, and we've coined a phrase, He got religion. No, friend. 
when you come to God by faith in Jesus Christ in the new covenant, you get more than a religious system. You gain more than religious structure. You have a new relationship with God that could never have occurred under the old covenant. But through the blood covenant of Jesus, now you become the son and daughter of God Himself, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Holy Spirit bears witness immediately that is the spiritual reality, that is the spiritual truth. And we come together as His children, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood of Jesus. Don't run from Jesus today. Don't try to get religion. Get a new relationship that you could have never known without the cross. Come to Christ. He will embrace you. God will pardon you. God will adopt you into His royal family. And He will hold you as long as you will keep your trust in Him. He will never let you you go. Hallelujah. Come to Jesus. I beseech you. Come to Jesus. Hallelujah. And come back next week and let's continue to talk about Jesus. <laughs>